Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. Today I want to speak on the theme, called with a purpose. Called with a purpose. And if you read Matthew chapter 13, you see that there's a number of parables here, and Jesus is teaching in parables. Uh, we, most of us know what parables are. They're uh, a, a style of teaching that Jesus used in the New Testament to illustrate a spiritual idea, a spiritual thought, and he used stories, and he used um, uh, illustrations that the people of the time could understand to illustrate a spiritual thought or a spiritual teaching. Um, it also can be contextualized for us today, where we could apply those teachings to our lives today. Jesus in his sovereignty knew that it would work for them then, and it works for us today because the scripture is timeless. It works throughout every single time. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Called with a purpose. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, two verses. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of the seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. Just want to stop a second. I'm going to reread it. Why? Because I just want you to just really get the thought of it. Um, now, a mustard seed is considered one of the smallest seeds of a, of a garden plant, of a, of, of a garden, right? And, and it's one of the smallest, and it grows to be one of the largest. And, and why the mustard seed is so important to highlight, or why Jesus highlighted, because it's the one that has, like, the greatest change. Uh, some say that their seed's actually smaller than the mustard seed, and, and they grow to greater than the mustard plant, but it, it has the greatest change, it has the greatest change. You'll see that um, in this picture, Jamie did a great job just kind of showing us this is the mustard seed and there's the mustard plant, right? So it, it, it starts one way and finishes another way. I want to read it again for you. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, one seed that a man took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of the seeds of, of that garden. But when it has grown, it's the largest than all the garden plants, than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. I, I want to remind you today that the mustard seed, when planted right and cared for right, it fulfills its purpose. We may not see it in the beginning. It's just a seed. What good is the seed? We can crush the seed. But if the seed is placed in the right location and cared for the right way, it grows and becomes a place of blessing for others. We're called with a purpose. You may not see it right now, but if we position ourselves in the right place, in the right season, we will grow to live out the purpose that God has for us. And the church says, let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word that you have put in my heart. And I come this morning with joy and excitement to share your word, Lord. I come, Lord, because you have spoken to my heart and reminded me, Lord, that, that you're doing something in me, Lord. And I know, Lord God, that you are doing something in your people today. I pray that, that you, Lord God, would speak to our hearts this morning and draw us closer to your will, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Called with a purpose. 
And if you look, you'll find the same teaching in Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 13. There are some teachings that make it through all the synoptic gospels, and this is one of them. So it's, it's awesome to see um, that Jesus is bringing this emphasis here. Now, Jesus was teaching on the parable of the seed sown. Why? Why would, why would he be teaching this? He was showing the disciples that the beginnings of the church may have seemed small and insignificant, but in the future, they would increase greatly and would have an impact on many. He was teaching the disciples that the gospel, that the church, that the body of Christ, it was at that moment, it seemed small. It was a few disciples. But he was letting them know, hey, this seed's sown right in the future. It's going to be a plant, a harvest where many will come and make their nest there. Jesus was letting them know that although it seemed insignificant to seed, when, when planted right, it's used for the glory of God. And no one could ever say that, oh, I orchestrated this thing so well. No, we're just a seed, and, and it's God's will in our life, planted in the right place, that we get to grow to be exactly who God wants us to be. This is what Jesus does. He takes what may seem small and insignificant, and he uses it for his glory. And the church says... That no one could ever say, oh, look what I did. Look what I did. If you look at people who they, that may have reached some level of grace in ministry or uh, you, you, you come to know them, you know that uh, they really don't have it without God. It's God's grace that has allowed them to achieve whatever it is that they have achieved. And Christ, he does amazing things with just a little bit. He does amazing things with just a little bit. I, I, love, I love the story of, of the 5,000 men that Jesus was able to feed with uh, two fish and five loaves. You know the story. If you don't read it, fantastic story. Just 5,000 men plus their families. He, he took something that was just a little bit, and he was able to feed a multitude, and he satisfied every need that was there. We see this. We see that Jesus with, with, uh, reaches the needs of a blind man with his saliva and some dirt, and he makes mud. And with, with, with what seems insignificant, Jesus makes a miracle. In the beginning of his ministry, he turned water into wine, what seemed insignificant and small, he turns into wine. And he, he, he not no cheap wine, he gave them the best of the best. Because that's what he does. Christ does amazing things with just a little bit. What may seem small or insignificant, Jesus can use for his glory. Because that's what he does. He who is rich, Jesus who is rich. He became poor so that you and I, in our state of being poor, we can become rich. That's what Jesus does. He takes the small, the insignificant, and he makes something great out of it. That's what he does. I love that. I love that, that, that Jesus teaches us a mustard seed, a small seed, the least of the seeds of the garden, what seemed like it has no value, a little seed, no value, insignificant, but placed in the right place, sown the right way, it will produce a harvest. In other words, this seed has a potential that just looking at it, we are not familiar with its potential, but God sees the potential of the seed. And he places it in the right place. 
When sown, the seed sown, it begins to produce a harvest, a fulfilling of what? Its purpose. We're talking about called with a purpose. The seed fulfills his purpose. And remember, who's the one who sows the seed? Jesus. If you look at the parable, you'll see that he is the, the seed sower. He is the seed sower. You know, and he's the one that sows the seed. And everything that he does, he does it good. And he is sowing the seed. And you and I, were seeds. And he is placing us in places because there is a potential that resides within each and every one of us. And he's trying to locate us in the right place so that we can, what? We can grow and be a blessing to all those around us. Because the fully grown mustard plant, when it, when it grows, is the largest plant in the garden and becomes a tree where the birds of the air can come and make their nest in its branches. The seed fulfills its purpose. It becomes the mustard seed, the mustard tree. Um, it becomes a place of blessing for all that are near, for all those birds that are near. I would suggest to you today, as we continue in the process, we become an instrument that God wants to use to reach others. That's part of the potential that lies within us. We are an instrument that God wants to use to reach others. I would, I would define this as what? Living out our purpose. Living out our purpose, to give glory to the name of the Father, to give glory to Christ, to give glory to our Lord and Savior, right? Living out his purpose and being a place where others can come and grow and come to know Jesus. That is our purpose. And God is doing something in each and every one of us. This is why, this is the way that God also works within us. Remember, he calls us, he saves us. And maybe we feel like, oh, I, what, what purpose do I have? What is, what is God doing in my life? Uh, but once we're in the hands of God, he begins to do a new work in us. And as we stay connected to the true vine, a time will come where the seed will grow and we're going to live out the very purpose of God in our lives. We're going to live it out. At times we live life wanting to get to the end product right away. right? We want to like, get me there. I want to be all that God has called me to be. And we miss the importance of the process of the sowing of the process of, and letting God nurture us and letting God care for us and letting God show us. We miss out that process to, to get us to the place that he really wants to use us. Some may feel like, you know, uh, I'm trying. Uh, you know, I feel like it's moving slowly. Uh, if you're better than you were a year ago, then you're, you're in the process. You know, I, I tell everybody, I've said this a million times, you know, uh, progressive sanctification, progressive spiritual growth, growth, progressive spiritual formation. It doesn't happen from one day to, to another. It happens through a lifetime. But I hope that we would be better today than we were a year ago. I hope I'm better today than I was a year ago. And I hope that next year today I'll be better than I am today because we are in a, a process. We're a seed that has been sown and we're in a process. Remember, not everything goes from the bottom to the top right away. Most great things started off small, right? I mean, every snowstorm starts off with a snow lake. I mean, we're all here New Yorkers. We know snowstorms. As soon as they start coming down, we look out the window and we go, oh, here it comes. We, every great snowstorm starts with a snowflake. Every great fire starts with a spark. Anyone who has lost a lot of weight starts off by losing one pound. Right? Every earned degree starts off by taking one class. 
Every large building starts with a cornerstone. Every great war starts with a disagreement. Every mega church starts with a small group. Every great relationship that we have in our life has started off with an introduction. In other words, remember that, that most things that are big start off as something small. We're talking about call for a purpose. With this thought all in mind in the intro that I shared today, there's three things I want to share with you briefly. Three things I want to remind you as your call for, for a purpose. First one is, don't, don't underestimate small beginnings. Don't underestimate small beginnings. Don't underestimate humble beginnings. The mustard seed is the smallest grain. The mustard seed at the beginning, it may seem insignificant and have little value. But in the right atmosphere, it fulfills its purpose. The picture shows us how something small will grow and eventually be something big. Whoever wants to, to, uh, uh, whoever wants to pay attention to the seed, remember there is value in the seed. There is value in being sown. There is value in humble beginnings. There is value in small beginnings. The seed, although it doesn't look very appealing in the beginning, within it lies great potential. Within it lies great potential. God is intentional in all that he does. He has been intentional with each and every one of us, giving us life, giving us gifts, surrounding us with the right people. He has been intentional with us. Why? Because he's sowing us in the right place. And the church says, he's sowing us in the right place. He's been intentional with you. He's been intentional with me. Don't underestimate small beginnings. Uh, God has been intentional with us. When we look in the mirror, and we look at ourselves, you know, there, there has to be something innate within us that says, you know, I, I know, God, you're doing something in me and through me uh, right at this moment. And we don't always see it and we don't understand it, but there is a potential that lies within us. What is potential? Potential is success without being used. Natural gifts that are sleeping. Uh, what is potential? Uh, potential is what I could have done or what I could do, but I haven't done yet. What is potential? Potential has to do where I could have gone, but I haven't reached yet. Uh, it's the sum of what you are, but has not been manifested yet. That is potential. There, that means there, there's something that lies within each and every one of us that we haven't, we haven't achieved it yet. We haven't seen it yet. We're still seeds being sown, and we're growing in this process, and we're reminded, and I love the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians where he says, forget the things that are behind you, and he tells us to reach for the things that are ahead. In other words, believe God for the next. Believe God for the tomorrow. And to do that, we must not underestimate small beginnings. Perhaps you feel like you are far from your goals, that you're still in the seed stage. Don't overlook the small beginnings. Give attention to the potential that lies within you. Give, give attention to it. Let God do his work in your life. You remember uh, the Bible, the call of Jeremiah? I love that God calls the prophet Jeremiah and he tells him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Uh, before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I love that he was saying, you know, when you, when you were just in your mother's womb, I already have set you aside. Potential. I already have set you aside for greatness. I believe that God has set each and every one of us aside for greatness. We're called for a great 
purpose in him. We're called for a great purpose in him. And we can go through different stories and different people in scripture that are reminded that, they remind us that they weren't all the best of the best, but there was something that lied within them. I love the story of Peter. I love the character of Peter in the New Testament. I, 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 uh, I, I feel like I, I remind myself a lot of some of his ways. And, and I love that, that, that Jesus looked at Peter and he says, I'm going to make of you a fisher of men. In other words, I, there, there's something that lies within you that you're not even familiar with. But your encounter with me, I'm going to reveal this to you right now. You've been called with a purpose. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Peter was probably thinking, what is a fisher of men, you know? Uh, but it's, it's a reminder to us that what we don't see, God sees. What we don't know, God knows um, what we haven't been able to define, God has defined it well, and there is a purpose that lies within us. So I want to remind you this morning, don't give up on small beginnings. Let God do what he's doing in your life. There is a potential that lies within us. I love that the scripture reminds us we're more than conquerors. In other words, we win. We win all the time with Christ as our Savior. We win. Romans chapter 8 reminds us of this. Uh, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We win. God's purpose can and will be revealed in each and every one of our lives. If we stay connected to the vine, if we stay connected to Christ, if we allow him to sow the seed in the right place, we will grow to live and be exactly who God has called us to be. And the church says, potential that lies within each and every one of us. Don't overlook small beginnings. Stay faithful to the small things in your life that you're doing because God has called us for purpose, for greatness. He's called us to be great Christians. I believe that, great Christians. He's called us to be great mothers and great fathers and great uh, parents and grandparents and great sons and great friends and great ministers of the gospel. He's called us for greatness um, because he has sown the seed. Don't overlook small beginnings. Don't underestimate the small things. That's why it means something. It means something when you do the small things. It means something. There's value in sowing in the small things. It, it means something when you're kind and not grouchy. It means something. It means something when you walk into the 7-Eleven and you hold the door open for the person that you don't even know. It means something. Don't underestimate small beginnings. It means something when you ask for forgiveness for someone who has hurt you. It means something. It means something. It means something when, when you went to your first Sunday school class and you didn't really understand it all and you're really trying to figure it out or your first Bible Institute class or, or maybe you're, you're here and, and you're, you're not getting it all, but it means something that you're here. You don't underestimate small beginnings. It means something. It means something that you look at your children and you say, I love you and God bless you. It means something. Uh, don't underestimate small beginnings. It means something that, that we're investing with our words and our kindness. It means something that we show an act of love. It means something. Don't underestimate small beginnings. Don't underestimate those small acts of kindness. They mean something. It means something that you start off each day with a short prayer. It means something. It means something that you're here today. It means something. Don't underestimate small beginnings. It means something that you're kind to your neighbor and not selfish. That you're humble and not arrogant. That you're meek and not aggressive. It means something. 
Don't underestimate small beginnings. It means uh, something that you are uh, recognizing that, that God is doing something in your life and you're trying your best to make some of those changes. And maybe you don't got it down completely yet, but it means something that you're trying. Don't underestimate small beginnings because it's there where God will begin to flourish some greatness that he has called us for. It means something. So I want to remind you here today, don't underestimate small beginnings. Because we're called for a purpose and everything great starts off small. I remember in 1998, some of you go 1998, right? Um, January of 1998 was our first English service in this building. And the pastor of the time had appointed me as the English pastor. I, as I was co-pastor, he appointed me one of my responsibilities, English pastor. And we started off, and the first Sunday we had like 80 people. I was like, ooh, praise the Lord. And by the third Sunday, we were down to like 12. <laughs> I think it's that they heard me preach. They were like, we're going back to the Spanish service. <laughs> um, and I remember for a year, I was preaching to like 8, 9, 10 12, 14, small beginnings. In fact, um, we didn't even have like, like a, a full worship team. I used to come in and I used to be like, hey, can you leave worship today? Can, can, can you leave worship today? Can you sing a song? I mean, back then we were singing like, you know, victory, victory shall be mine. You know, this is what it was. And I was like, hey, can you do it? So we had some rough worship. Um, don't underestimate small beginnings. Look what the Lord has blessed us to today, right? Don't underestimate small beginnings. What, what is God doing? What is God doing in your life? Call for a purpose. Number one, don't underestimate small beginnings. Number two, don't underestimate the one that has sown the seed. Don't underestimate the one that has sown the seed. Who is sowing the seed? Uh, remember, Jesus is the seed sower. It's what the parable teaches us. Read the scripture, you're going to see that he is the seed sower. Um, if nothing is done with the seed, nothing happens. But if we put our hands, if we put our lives in Christ's hands, then he takes over and he begins to sow the seed. He begins to place us in places where we can grow. And sometimes those places stretch us a little bit. Sometimes they hurt a little bit. Sometimes we don't understand them. But know that he is the sovereign God that knows exactly what we need. And he is sowing the seed. He is placing us in the right place for growth. Why? Because he sees the untapped potential that lies within us. And he's placing us in a place where we can begin to live out the very purpose that he has called us for. He is the seed sower. Don't underestimate who Jesus is. Don't underestimate the power of God upon your life, upon my life. Don't underestimate what he's doing in you and in me. Don't underestimate. Yes, in our own selves, we are vulnerable and we are weak and we fail. But when we submit our lives to God, his power trumps ours. And there we get to see that he is doing a great work in you and he's doing a great work in me. Don't underestimate the seed sower. His name is Jesus. He saved us and he didn't just save us to take us to heaven, but he saved us to transform our lives for his purpose and his will. Don't underestimate who he is. 
He's not a religious figure. He's not a mystical figure. He's not a historical figure. He is alive and well, and he is active in each and every one of our lives. Don't underestimate what he's doing in your life. You're not too far for God to rescue. You're not too broken for God to heal. You're not too lost for God to restore. He can do it in your life, in my life, in each and every one of us. Don't underestimate the one who is sowing the seed. I love Philippians 1.6. I've preached many sermons just on this one verse that says, uh, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I love it. He says that he, talking about Jesus, who uh, started a good work in you, everything that he does is good, and he's doing a good work in you, and he's doing a, a good work in me, and it says that he will carry it on to completion, that he will finish the work so we can live out our call, the call, the purpose in which we have lived. Man, we are in the right position for growth. We are in his hands. And in open disposition from us to him that says, God, not my way, but your way, places us in a place where we can grow. Where we can grow. Where we can live out that potential, that purpose that he has for us. A church that will, uh, 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 he has placed us in a church that will support us. A family that will help us. He's put friends around you to lead you. He has his Holy Spirit to help you. He knows what he's doing in you. And he has been faithful to that great work in us. Don't underestimate the sower. I love that the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, his divine purpose Sorry, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. In other words, it's saying his divine power, his Holy Spirit will give us everything that we need to be able to live out this life in Christ for his own glory and for his own goodness. All right, that's what he has done. So it takes time to grow. Everything has a season. But know that Jesus is doing the work in us. There is a season to sow, a season to say, Lord, I surrender all. Lead me. Take over your way, not my way. And we allow the process to take its place. And in time, as the Lord is doing a work in us, we will see God's glory. We will see God's manifest, uh, manifestation, manifesting work within us. We will see it. And in time, we continue to live out his purpose. And his purpose changes our homes, our lives, our characters, our vulnerabilities. His purpose brings a maturity in us that we never even thought. That's what God does. And remember, a seed can be crushed. It is up to us to say, okay, Lord, here's my life. Sow the seed. It's up to us to make that decision. Put it in the hands of Christ. If we want to hold on, if we want to handle it ourselves, then we'll find ourselves continually broken, continually lost, continually um, bound. Why? Because we're handling ourselves. But if we put our lives in God's hands, he sows the seed. And the church says, number three, don't underestimate the outcome. Don't underestimate the outcome. So we said don't underestimate small beginnings. Don't underestimate the one who has sown the seed. Don't underestimate the outcome. When we do something for the Lord, it not only has uh, mysterious and amazing potential, it also has the power to grow beyond our expectations. Don't underestimate the outcome. 
you know what, I can speak vulnerable with you today. I never thought that this was my outcome right now for today, for 2022. Uh, growing up in the church, you know, I always loved the Lord and loved ministry. Never thought this, though. Um, uh, you know, I, that I get to stand before you and, and encourage you with the word. Never thought that that, that, that would be part of my future. But um, we don't know the future. The Lord knows the future, right? What is our job? Just to put our, our lives in his hands. Uh, I never thought that I was capable enough to do this, smart enough to do this, good enough to do this. But, but the Lord in his grace, and although I look at myself today and I say, I'm still not smart enough to do this, but God, grace helps us here today, Right? I, I say that, and I hope that you read uh, the, the words of my heart. I, I say it not from a boastful spirit, but to say that there's something in you that you haven't seen yet. Don't underestimate the outcome. There's something in you that you haven't seen yet. There's something in you that you haven't visioned for yourself yet. There's something in you that God has put. It's a potential. It's, you, haven't, you haven't seen it. Don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. Don't underestimate the outcome. Um, the outcome is more than what we could expect. You know, I love so many biblical stories that we could apply here, but because of time, I'll, I'll just share two with you. One is Matthew, the tax collector. So if you read uh, um, Luke 5 and Mark 2, you see that Matthew, the tax collector, is known there as Levi. Um, he's collecting taxes. Now, taxes, I've told you here before, tax collectors, they're the worst of their community. They were like right there with prostitutes. The worst of the community. They were traitors to their own people. They were, they were thieves. Uh, they were hated, protected by the Roman government. They're the worst of the worst of their community. Jesus walks up on Matthew, on Levi, and he tells him, come follow me. And the Bible says that Matthew left. He was behind the booth of collecting taxes. He left it to follow Jesus. Today, he is the gospel writer of the book of Matthew. He probably never saw it. When Jesus looked at him and said, come follow me, he, he never thought that he would be the gospel writer of the book of Matthew. I want to tell you today, don't underestimate the outcome. Do you hear the word of the Lord calling you for his purpose? You haven't discerned it yet. You haven't seen it yet. But believe that God is going to do amazing things with you, amazing things with me, things that we've never projected, things that we've never seen. But that's what he does when he sows the seed. And the church says, Amen. about the shepherd boy, David. The prophet goes uh, to David's house, Jesse, and says, hey, man, the Lord is going to anoint one of your sons. And the sons will come out, and they all look like kings. It's not that one, 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 it's not that one. There's got to be another one. And Jesse says, oh, I got a shepherd boy, the youngest. Go get me him. His father didn't even see the potential that lied within him. And he became the king of Israel. He became the warrior that took down Goliath. He became the worshiper that was after the heart of God. Um, what others don't see in us, God sees in us. Don't underestimate the outcome that God wants to do in you and in me and in our church. Don't underestimate the outcome because he can. He can do it. He can do it. We can never see the final goal, but God, God sees it. He sees it. Sometimes he shows us a glimpse of what it might look like, but he sees it. This is why we are faithful to small beginnings. We're faithful to small beginnings because God is doing something in our lives. God's always doing something in our lives. He's a moving God. He's not a stagnant God. He's always. So that's why we're faithful to small beginnings.
faithful to the places that God uh, puts us and the things that he calls us to do. And we're faithful because he's sown a seed. He's, he's doing something in our lives. And we don't always understand it, but we know that he is doing it. This is why we continue faithful. If I could encourage you this morning as I close our sermon up with the help of the musicians, if I could encourage you towards something, I want to encourage you to be faithful. Be faithful. I love Galatians 6, 9. It's a life verse for me. I've also preached many sermons from it. Do not get tired in doing good, for in due season you will reap what you sow if you do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. Do not get tired in doing good, for in due season you will reap what you sow if you do not give up. It's a life verse for me. The Lord has stirred that in my heart so many times. I share it with you. I pray that it would encourage you as well. Be faithful to the good work that God is doing in your life. Be faithful. And you know what? The verse says, do not get tired in doing good. Why? Because sometimes the good work is tiresome. How many say amen? amen? Sometimes doing the good work is tiresome. It's hard sometimes to be faithful. It's hard sometimes to stay consecrated. It's hard sometimes to stay holy. It's hard sometimes to stay obedient. It's hard sometimes to be faithful in our prayer and faithfully, faithful in our study of God's word and faithful to church attendance. It's hard sometimes. Anybody who tells you, oh, it's easy to do that. Well, they're just stronger than I am. But God says, don't get tired in doing good. For I love in due season. I've said this before here. In due season, in the words they mean at the right time, you will, you will harvest what you have sown. And the word there, harvest, means you will collect. You will collect what is yours. You will collect what is yours. So don't get tired of doing good, for when you need it the most, you're going to collect what is yours. You will live out the purpose that God has ordained for your life. You will, you will collect what is yours. You will collect what is yours. So as we finish our sermon today, our teaching this morning, called with a purpose, I want to encourage you today that you would leave here today and you would wake up tomorrow morning, our Sunday must change our Monday, that you would wake up tomorrow morning in your prayer time and say, Lord, I know you've called me for a purpose. You called me for a purpose. I, I don't see it all. I don't see it all. I, but I know that there's a potential that lies within me, Lord. And I'm the seed that you're sowing. I won't underestimate small beginnings. You got me here. I won't underestimate it. You're doing the work in me. I'm, mm -mm. I'm making some small changes. I'm not going to underestimate. That's a good thing that I'm doing. I made some small changes. I'm trying. I'm studying. I'm going to Bible school. I'm going to, to connect groups. I'm, 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 I'm not going to underestimate these small beginnings. Why? Because... Jesus is sowing the seed. I'm not going to underestimate the one who is sowing the seed. He is doing the work in me. He is doing the work. I'm not going to underestimate his power and his might and his will over my life. And you know why? Because I'm not going to underestimate the outcome. Though I don't see it, he sees it. Though I don't know it, he knows it. So I'm not going to underestimate the outcome. No, what's my job? Don't get tired in doing good. For in due season, you will reap what you sow if you do not give up. If you do not give up. Let's live out the purpose that God has for us. And the church says, Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word this morning. I pray that our Sunday would change our Monday. I pray that you would help us, O oh Lord.
I pray, Lord God, that we would be encouraged to know, Lord, that this is for everyone here today. We're all seeds in your hands that you are sowing because you have an outcome, you have a purpose. Let us live out the call of God in our lives. Father, if there's someone that's far from you today, I pray that today would be the day of reconciliation, the day of the day of coming back to you, the day of returning, the day of, of being before you, oh God. I pray that today would be that day. If there's someone, Lord God, who says, oh, I've been living out my own will, my own will, and I find myself, I find myself frustrated and confused and, and heartbroken and lost. But today, Lord, I want to draw near to you. I want you to be the seed sower of my life. Maybe that's you here today. If the Lord is talking to you as we sing this song, would you be so bold to join me at the altar here as our pastors would, would pray for you? A prayer of commitment, a prayer that says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let God do what he wants to do in my life. I'm going to let him do it. I don't know the outcome, but he knows it. And if you are here and the Lord has ministered to you in a special way and you would like prayer, the altar is also open for you this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 